Canada Day, up Canada Way on the first day of July. And we're shouting hooray up Canada Way when the maple leaf flies high. When the silver jets from east to west go streaming through our sky. We'll be shouting hooray up Canada Way when the great parade goes by. Oh Canada, standing tall together, we raise what a our song. hands what a track. our flag, the maple leaf forever. Stop it, Tom. It's Canada Day. It's Canada Day. And it's uh, episode, I guess, uh, 68. Almost. Oh. <laughs> it's 68. Cowboy shit with Ted and Wasey. Yeah, you excited, Foley? Yeah, yeah. Met back for another guest appearance. Yeah, we're we're uh, giving him a tree out to see if he's any good. Maybe bring him on. It's kind of like when uh, Chicklets brought Biz on. Yeah, a little tryout. A little tryout, yeah. Except I think you do less drugs than he does. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel like I could... I think I get a few more than Biz Nasty. You know what I mean? I could bury a few more. Are you talking I, about... Oh, I haven't seen you skate, so I can't... I don't believe you yet. Yeah, we don't know if you can actually hockey or not. Yeah. I got... And Wacy, your goalie. Come on. He What's plays that out, have to do? too. What's that have to do with anything? I'm good at playing out. I'm probably better like, than you at playing out. <laughs> no way. Probably. You're dreaming. No, buddy. Only chance. Only Actually, out. most most goalies are pretty decent at playing forward. Yeah, I know. I'm sick. I'm a goal scoring winger. Like, like back back in the day, we used to have uh, a, a thing where we we went to the civic center like during school. Yeah. And Braden Holpe would never play goalie, and he was an absolute stud on forward. Really? Yes. That's never, cool. never would play goal. Never ever. And is he that that? Played- that's like uh that was like a school like a during school hours like because he played obviously played goalie like when he was a kid i guess eh oh yeah yeah he was goalie all like throughout his dad was goalie so he was goalie and then yeah we do like um i can't remember what it's called but like you go to the civic center and in uh, lloyd minster yeah and he'd never he'd never played goal he was always playing out and then uh when we played like floor hockey tournaments it gets super heated. I, know, and, I would uh, never, play, never play goalie like in floor hockey or ball hockey ever. I fucking hate it. It's no, he, he was out. He was he was forward getting like five goals a game. Oh hell yeah! Really? That's how you do it, bro. Huh? God, God. He probably. I bet you he would have made the NHL if he played forward. Really? Yeah. That's a pretty bold claim. Instead, he's just in the NHL as Stanley a Stanley Cup champion. <laughs> I think he won the Stanley Cup. I think he's, he's won the Vezina too, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, he won a Vesna, didn't he? The year that they won the cup? Not that year, no. I think it was a couple years before that. Anyways, that's pretty cool. Is that the most famous like name drop you can do, Foley? <laughs> <laughs> just slide that uh, in there. No, 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 no. I was just saying though, like most goalies are really good at <laughs> skating, right? Way to completely dodge that question. <laughs> are you a politician? Uh, yeah, that he's probably. I, I, I'm guessing he's pr- probably like one of the most famous people from Lloyd. Yeah, probably. Hey, I, I guess that's a probably a good, good, good call. Really, like I don't right. think I don't think there's anybody like really famous from Lloyd other than like hockey players. Isn't Scott Hartnell from Lloyd? Uh, I don't think I don't think Scotty was born. In he Lloyd, played for the Bobcats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His parents, well, his parents did live here. I don't know if they still do. Oh, cool. Clark man. MacArthur, his mom was our principal. That's cool. That's pretty neat. The only NHLer we had from Nakem was Lynn Loins. 
And he was a black ace <laughs> with the flames in their cup run. Oh, that's kind of cool, though. The jersey that they have in the rink of his is a practice jersey. It's not even an actual game jersey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, what what was your... I don't know. Like, Colby Armstrong? I don't oh, Armdog's sick, man. Is he a Lloyd Minster guy? I don't know if he's from Lloyd, but I know he... Uh, I think he lived here. I don't know. Huh. Well, what was your question you had for for the for boys? Foley. Well, yeah. not for Foley, just for oh, in general. For both of us, because we're well, we're getting into July here now, and I was thinking, like, what is the one thing that you've been missing about, or you have not been missing about rodeoing? And you can't say driving because that's what everybody will say. Like, this is the one thing that just gets on your nerves, but just like part of it that you have not missed. Foley, you're oh. up first. I'm up first. One thing that I don't miss. You can't be driving because everybody would say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, one thing that I don't miss, man. I, I like I like it a lot. I'm just trying to think. Like uh, besides driving, um, like there's probably something that I could say that would be pretty touchy to everybody. But do it. Get the it's people edgy. going. It's edgy. Get the people going. If you uh, can I, you can say what I was going to say, and you don't like the drama because there's plenty of drama. Yeah, yeah, there is, there is the yeah politics, I guess. The, the politics, politics and, and and for me, it'd be the stress of when like a speaker doesn't work or like some cable goes haywire or a microphone. Mine is most clown stress. acts. The, the most clown. Most most, most of them. Because you've seen them so many times, just like I don't get why well, I get it that it works for the people, but for my end of things, it's like this sucks. Yeah. So yeah, that's good stuff like that. That was my. Question. I think. You know what I think? Being the entertainer. It's probably super hard because there's a lot of pressure on you. Oh yeah, it's true. but um, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. I've seen some acts where I'm like, okay, we need to find some new stuff. Well, it's yeah. like I put, we probably worked how many performances of rodeo with Dennis Halstead last. Not like this is not a slight at Dennis, but like just we, you see his same acts over and over throughout the season. It's like we probably mm-hmm. seen the the what's the chicken one he does or whatever. I don't know. Just a chicken one. If I, if it's I long enough like now that I times. forgot. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> just stuff like that. It's just kind of funny. <laughs> but I don't miss that. What I think, like, and I, I don't. I, I'm not speaking. I've never been a uh, entertainer per se, but uh, <laughs> per se. Like, I wonder what the, I wonder what those guys like Dennis and Ricky Ticky like. They must sit down with a piece of paper and just be like, "Things I can do with a chicken." <laughs> 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 Yeah, that's just true though. Me. Especially put Ricky Tiki. Yeah, put chicken in outhouse and blow up. Okay, that Comedy. sounds good. Yeah, put chicken on little car and drive it around arena. Ooh, that one sounds good too. That w- it would be a, such a hard job though. It would be. Yeah, definitely. I give those guys credit yeah. just for stepping in to do that job. Oh man, and being the like that person. Have I have you ever anybody where... tell you you should be a rodeo clown or you should try it? Oh, I think just as jokes so far, but I yeah. Of people tell me to do it too. I'm like, I don't want to do any part of that. I you should try it, Wings. Man, no. <laughs> it should be something where if somebody loses a bet, they have to do a clown. Like Sean had mentioned that at one point. Our editor had said that, that would be a good like. Um, if you lose a bet, you gotta go be a clown. It would be for a good a day. like because like for our hockey draft coming up or you next gotta go season, clown a perf. we gotta do um, like a punishment for the losing player. So, you'd have to have all our got like all rodeo guys in it then. Well, you could just put, like you could just like make it work, but anything that'd be that'd be a funny punishment. It would be a good one. My favorite punishment is you have to try out for the Canadian bobsled team. That would be fucking so good. funny. <laughs> Fuck, it'd be awesome. Then you would win. Then somebody would make it, and then it would be. Man, there's no. Like, I could not walk go. onto the bobsled team and make it. Not a you chance. think so? 
Those guys, have you seen how oh, huge those true. people are? But yeah, like, those, do you th- those guys are monsters. Yeah. Do you think he'd crap your pants when you went around a corner and like I'd love over? to try it. He'd love to try it. Yeah, hell yeah, I would. Well, awesome. Jordan Hansen's sister has done a few different things in in mm. in Olympic sport. I want to say like she's a she's a bobsledder. Yeah, she's a bobsledder. Yeah, yeah. and but she's tried skeleton in the in the luge, I believe. She said she would take us bobsledding, but she never did. We haven't got to do it yet. Maybe someday. I'd maybe love, after the Rona. I'd love to go. What's what's the head down? The head first. Skeleton. Skeleton. And then like feet yeah. down is luge. Yep. You you strike me you as like what? if you here's a question for you if you were doing two man luge would you want to be on the bottom or the top? <laughs> <laughs> oh, based on uh, based on your uh, what you were doing uh, last episode with your bulls, I would say probably the top. I'd want to be on the bottom because yeah. you have to hold on to something. <laughs> if you're on the top, what do you yeah, gotta hold on the, to? Uh, I don't know. It would just be weird. I'm being the I'm being the first guy in the cart. Screw it for bobsled. Yeah. Oh, we're oh, talking we're, luge. We're talking two-man luge where they have to lay on top of each other. <laughs> oh. Like, Wacy has oh. to lay on top of you. I'm like, on right the, on your barrel. Dibs, already dibs the bottom. Like, you got to lay on Wacy's barrel going down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I'll do it. <laughs> but, but at least you guys don't have to, like, 69 your way down. It's not like... I just somebody did that. It's That'd not like so half funny. skeleton, half luge. It's just both feet. Man, that'd be, that'd I, be fucking funny. We'd, sh- we'd show up to that thing with a calf cart. <laughs> do you okay you guys this is something else i thought of what is it what is it with cowboy people western people golfing in jeans hmm what is what is that what's that's all they deal? know that's all they know I, I just put some like shorts on or something i, I don't i'm not well, but don't put on swim trunks because that's weird that's weird too yeah you gotta just like wear some khakis just get some wrangler khakis yeah. Get some like golf pants. I just see so many Get people like on social shorts. media golfing in shorts and or golfing in like in jeans. jeans. Yeah, it's like, this is not cool. <laughs> good. I'm at uh, what am I at now? Before white ass legs. Depending on when we get out there, I think I've had 24 rounds of golf this year. Most I've ever golfed. It's nice. been quite nice. But hey, guys, it's Ooh. Canada Day, so let's talk. What's your favorite thing about Canada? While we're while it's Canada Day, like what what what's your favorite? Or should it be what makes you most proud to be Canadian? Maybe that's a better question. Ooh. Okay. Well, I can answer. I'm gonna answer both questions. Go the ahead. First answer is the mountains. That makes that's what you like the most. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Just because it's cool. There's so many things you can go do. Like yeah, you can hike, Got you it. can bike, you can skate, you can ski, you can do all these different things, and it's pretty. Yeah. And we're so thank we're so lucky to have access to that and being close in Calgary. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Good. And then what? Yeah, makes we're not we're not we're not the only country with mount. Point point for Foley. What, what's your second <laughs> half ways? The what makes me most proud to be a Canadian. Mm-hmm. I think it is like having the freedom to like choose my own path to do what I want to do. Yeah. Like it's not like, I like I, I, I've never been had anytime I've ever wanted to do something. I've never had like, you've been able to, I've been able to do it. Yeah. 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 If you want to bad enough. Yeah, exactly. Foley. What, what are, what do your answers? Um, I'm going to say first question, uh, is the people 75% cause 25% of Canadians are shitheads. <laughs> so 75%, like man, you, Canadians are so much nicer in every aspect. I don't care who's listening to this, but um, Canadians are so like everybody's super nice. On, That's a good point for the most part. We even, when, you're, um, when you're traveling and you run into like another Canadian, like you're, they're going to be buddies with you. Oh, hundred percent. You're probably going to get and, drunk with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, even if you travel within Canada, like everybody 
you know, for the most part, like I say, there's 25% of shitheads, but everybody is, you know, kind, polite. Um, you know, you hold the door here, you got a 90% chance of somebody saying thanks. That, that bothers you go me anywhere and say thanks a lot. Yeah, man, that drives me nuts yeah. when people don't. Yeah, that's a good take. It actually makes me wish that I could walk behind them till they hit another door and I'll just shut it in their face. Quick. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> it's fair, though. Oh, dear. Yeah. So, so the people for sure, like I said, you, you go to other countries and you really see how nice Canadians are. Well, we have good, like, good rapport, like, all around the world, like, as Canadians. Like, it's true. Everywhere you go, like, oh, you're Canadian. Like, you're so awesome. Like, people, people, yeah, like, like they us. tell you when you travel, you should have a Canadian flag on, like, your backpack and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. So, I've got, I've so got, people, I'm going to steal both of your answers and say the people and the freedom. Probably both of them. You can't do that. Yeah. Uh, you have to make your, it was your question. You I went to, last, so no, I guess it's frig you, man. Come on. Clean air? Yeah, dig I like a that. Deeper. I like the clean air of Canada. I like how calm everyone is, too. Like, people are. People are very uh, reasonable here, I think. Yeah. And I want to say, I don't know, just, yeah, just reasonable. And it's pretty calm. Like, it's quite calm here a lot, most of the time. It seems like people are, I don't, I'm not sure what else to say. Besides what's, what's up one? Word. So then, where is somewhere in Canada that you haven't been yet that you want to go explore? Oh, up north. I, this, actually, this week, uh, on, well, I was only going to be for like 14 or 18 hours or something, but my cousin, it was getting married on the July 4th on the Saturday. So we were supposed to like work Calgary, like we're working everything, the stampede, right? And I got a, had a flight out at like 6 a.m. on Saturday morning or something. It might have even been 11. Well, 11 a.m. I went straight to uh, Whitehorse with WestJet. And then we would land at like, I don't know, 1 or 2 o'clock or whatever. And then the wedding was at 4 or 5. So we we're going to be able to make the wedding and then, you know, party that night for the wedding. Last time all, our, all us cousins got together, we ended up like just about wrecking a bunch of golf carts because we got a little out of hand at my one of my other cousins' weddings. So it was gonna be gonna be a fun time. Flapped a Whitehorse for the night. Missed. I was gonna miss the per for the rodeo and the chucks, uh, but I had it all set up. It was gonna be covered. And then we we're gonna fly back the next morning, like leave at six. We had to go back through Vancouver because there was no direct flight back. So would have been Whitehorse. So that's one we're supposed to do it next year. Hopefully it's not over Stampede again. Uh, but if it is, I, I'm going to that wedding yeah. no matter what. So. That would be that'd be part of it. Uh, one was uh, that we were supposed to go to the, this year with the PBR with Sydney, Nova Scotia. I really wanted to see Sydney, um, and then Newfoundland. I haven't been to Newfoundland yet either. Mm-hmm. But but those are the last places. The, Newfoundland's the last province I haven't been to yet, and then I haven't been to the Ooh. territory. So I've I've been to like nine of the ten provinces. Nice, yeah. Foley. Um, one place in Canada that I haven't been to. I want to see. Yeah. Maybe like the the Bay of Fundy. Is that in Prince Edward Island? That's uh, New Brunswick, the Bay of Fundy, because they have oh, the biggest the tides in the in the country. Like the Hopewell Rocks are at the end of the Bay of Fundy, because mm-hmm. they yeah, have the biggest like tides to, in the world. I like, I like to go see that. Um, it's nice. You'll like it. My brother and I checked it out a couple of years ago. Would recommend. I gave it a yeah, five stars go on see, Google. <laughs> I want to see a polar bear too. That would be that would be tight. That would be tight. Yeah, go to the Arctic. Sweet. My yeah. dad worked used to work up there. Oh really? One of our future shows, we've recorded a bunch of stuff with my dad. We're gonna we're gonna use it at some point. So nice. he's got a polar yeah. bear story. So story uh, a bear. before uh, did, he fight we, a, did he fight a polar bear? Oh no, you don't ass. fight a polar bear. You never fight a polar bear. If you're fighting a polar bear, you're dead. You're dead. Your polar bear lunch. So yeah, but you th- you think you're gonna like like say a polar bear comes up to you, Ted, and they, you know what I mean, lips you off a bit, says something <laughs> to your girlfriend. Are you gonna go him? Or are you running away? I'm running the fuck away if I can if I can make it, but probably you're probably dead anyways. But 
We uh, before we wrap up this first segment of the show, we got our uh, guest coming up here. We actually so so Storm and I took a road trip out, out west and went out and met with him. He's the, this year's Calgary Stampede Parade Marshal because even though the Stampede's canceled, it would have started on Friday. Uh, so we made made the trip out west to go and to meet uh, Felipe Messetti Leche. He's uh, the Stampede Parade Marshal and actually has ridden his horse for all the way from Brazil, all the way from Calgary to Brazil, Brazil to the tip southern tip of South America, and then to finish the, t- the trip, he went from Alaska to Calgary. So he's basically rid- ridden all the way from the furthest north part of North America all the way to the furthest south part. So pretty, wow, that's cool. Pretty incredible what he's done that way. So we met up with him out west of Rocky Mountain House. Uh, just like only about 10 kilometers from where I used to camp as a kid. So nice. it was a pretty neat trip out there. So we had a really fun time doing this interview. But uh, we have a lot of American listeners. It's also July 4th on Saturday. So what's your favorite thing about America? Wacy, you first. Favorite thing about America? I we love have a lot te- of American listeners. Too, I love so. Texas. Texas? Yeah. That's your Texas favorite part of California. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I like went to it. college in Texas first semester. Mm-hmm. And I loved living down there. It was so cool. It was like yep. kind of a culture shock. But the the people were nice. I was... It was really fun. If you're going to be a rodeo person, like you want to ride bulls, you, you want to go to Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And California is cool because I could get behind living in a beach town. That's fair. Did you ever go to a nude beach in California? No. No? I don't, wouldn't fare well at a nude beach. No? no I'm not packing enough heat for that. <laughs> <laughs> Foley, what do you got? Uh, my favorite part of America. America the accent. The accents. That's a good one. I that's like crazy. That. Like how many different accents they have. That's eh? true. Oh, like the North. I get a kick out of accents. That's true. Like that's for guys from Mississippi, Louisiana. I can't. You can't even understand them when they're talking real. They're quick. like the newfies. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Similar. Like they're, blah, 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 blah. they get going. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like their their accents. are pretty badass. Uh, the price of chewing tobacco is also a uh, quite good plus. A plus. One of the. One of my favorite parts was probably going to the, some of those rodeos at night under the lights. It was such a cool atmosphere to have to go to those events yeah, when they're yeah. when it's like seven p.m. It's getting dark and then they turn the lights on and there's people everywhere and it's loud and for whatever it's, reason it's like it's a different vibe, hey? Oh yeah. yeah the I, only one I, we I have do. close up here is uh, Armstrong in September. Austin, but they changed, Manitoba does it too. Oh, they do. So that so I didn't know about that one, but but uh, but yeah, Armstrong. But Armstrong moved their time up to their start time up to seven, so it kind of changed that dynamic a little bit, but. Armstrong's a cool one. I like that. And then there's, uh, yeah, but it's one of the only ones because it gets so damn cold here by the time the, by the time you get the light. Yeah. Oh yeah. Light yeah. The only like time you do it is August. Yeah. <laughs> really. And it gets too cold at night though. Really. So yeah. that'd be one of my favorites. But let's uh, let's wrap up this first segment. We'll come back uh, uh, with our interview, Mr. Felipe Massetti Leche of Brazil, originally uh, from Canada too. But uh, but here we go. Thanks for listening to Cowboy Shit with Ted Wacy. Our special guest host, James Foley. You think you're all that, Mr. Red, White, and Blue? We say hey, you say y'all. Yeah, we both got pro football. Except we got big balls in a longer field. We say Z, you say Z. Sure, we watch all your TV. You got a stronger armor down there. So it started out as a ride from Cal- from the Calgary Stampede, the 2012 edition, to Bajetos, to the biggest rodeo in Brazil. Uh, became another ride from Bajetos all the way to t- the tip of South America. And the third and the final long ride, we're currently in the middle of it. 
in the Rocky Mountains here, west this of Rocky. Is it right now, folks. Yeah, we're right in the middle of it in Rocky Mountain House. And I guess yes, sir. you guys will be seeing this uh, um, right around when uh, it'll be concluding on July 3rd in Calgary. Um, but the third ride started in Alaska. It's going all the way to the Calgary Stampede, the 2020 edition. Um, our guest today, the author of The Long Ride Home, from originally from Brazil, spent some time in Canada. But uh, here we are back, uh, like we said, West Rocky Mountain House, Mr. Felipe Massetti, late, late. Oh, I fucked it up. No, you're good. Late, you late. Had it, buddy. Okay, you're there, you're I should have just went it's, for it. It's I just it's, went for it. Late, Brazilian, and it's terrible. Well, like, and then there, you said there's some extra in there. There's yeah, like the the Souza. My real name is Felipe Mazetti de Souza Leite. Yeah, like five names. I know it's terrible. all the Brazilian guys <laughs> yeah. are the five names. Yeah, you gotta have five names or you're not Brazilian. Oh, jeez, it's terrible. And usually they just call you by a nickname. That's the joke, right? Yeah. It's like, my name is Felipe Mazetti de Souza Leite. When I was a kid, <laughs> everyone called me Zetinha. So it's like you have this super long name, and then they just give you a tiny Give you one name. name. It's terrible. But thank you for coming out. Hey, yeah, no worries. Nicest guy in the world brought me a blue cooler full of beer. Full so of beer. And that an, is the nicest uh, cowboy I've ever met. <laughs> a full assortment. Well, there's always beer at our house. Oh, that's that's so nice. One time that was all we had in the house was just beer. Well, I'd like that's to live in the house. Amen. Cheers, sir. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. So we, we actually uh, we got talking like a week ago. Uh, I sent you a text, got yes, connected sir. with uh, Christina Barnes with the yeah. Calgary Stampede there. And you're the parade marshal. I didn't mention that part. We're the 2020 yeah. parade marshal. Yes, You've been waiting on this for like a year, and then you yeah. finally get to announce it, and it's canceled. <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. That was a hard day. Uh, it was a real hard day. You know, I'm terrible at secrets. And uh, when Dana invited me out in the Yukon, he's like, wait, but now you can't tell anybody. Yeah, for like a like, year. Wait, what? He's like, yeah, you can't tell anybody until June of next year. I'm like, why did you tell why? me now? Like, why are you doing <laughs> you this? You should have waited. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, I sat on it for a year and then it got canceled. It was real tough. Man. So are they going to invite you back next year again, maybe? Or like what? Uh, I guess no, I don't think so. You know, today. yeah, it's uh, it it's uh, one of the one of the big parts of being president of the Calgary Stampede is selecting the parade marshal. You know, there's been some notorious people that have done it in the past. And Chris uh, Hadfield, William Shatner, yeah, yeah, like some royalty different times. Like, yeah, pretty incredible list of folks. It's oh pretty, yeah, pretty incredible. Big honor to be on that huge list. honor, huge honor. Uh, yeah, I'm just uh, over the moon. I just I feel blessed. I feel like I'm not worthy of the job at times, but uh, just so honored uh, to have been chosen and. Uh, yeah, when it was canceled, it was real sad. But uh, I feel like I feel like everything happens for a reason. We started talking about this uh, when you guys showed up. We were, you know, talking about the coronavirus and everything that's happening in the world right now. And and I'm I'm a big believer that everything's already written. Everything's meant to be. So what are the chances that the one time the Calgary Stampede gets canceled in over a century, there's a guy riding in on horseback to be able to celebrate uh, what it means to be a cowboy and what it means to live this Western way of life and. Uh, I'm just, you know, just so happy to have the torch right now and be able to tell these stories and, and like I said, celebrate the Calgary Stampede because even if we're just celebrating the spirit this year, it's important not to forget what this rodeo means to Canada, to Calgary, um, and to the world as a, as a cowboy. You know, it's one of the biggest rodeos. Every time I told people I was coming from Calgary, whether it was Guatemala, whether it was, uh, you know, Peru or Brazil, they knew Calgary because of the Stampede. It's worldwide brand, really. Like, that's anywhere I, anywhere I go in the world so far, uh, they, somebody knows that I'm involved with the rodeo. It's oh, the Calgary Stampede. It wasn't the NFR or Denver or Houston or or any of those rodeos. San Antonio is always Calgary. It's it's quite incredible to live in that city and and have that be a part of our life. I yes, sir. I, I love it. Uh, so let's go back a ways here, though. So Journey America began basically in your 
I don't want to say college dorm, but like it was your it was your house in in uh, Eastern Canada, which yes. some folks might not realize, but you spent. Uh, from the age of nine to twenty-five in in Ontario. Yes, sir. Ontario was my home. A little town called Bolton, Ontario. Um, loved growing up there. It's just a beautiful place. Some amazing people. And there's a rodeo association. There's a high school rodeo association, roping association. And uh, I spent my years roping and uh, tie down roping in the rodeos and grew up. Went to school for journalism. Um, like you said, Ryerson in Toronto, right? Yep, exactly. Ryerson in Toronto. And, uh, yeah, I was in my apartments, uh, where I was living at the time and it had been a dream of mine my entire life, but it was inside me, you know, it was in my soul, it was in my mind. And, uh, it was in that uh, apartment my last year of school that I, I brought it out and wrote it down. And was like, you know what, this is, it went from being a dream to being a project. And I didn't even realize how monumental it was of a moment. I wrote on Facebook, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go back to Brazil on a horse. And people were like, what? <laughs> like, are you drunk? Like, are you using drugs? Like, it's impossible. Like, you can't, yeah. you can't ride a horse to Brazil from Canada. Uh, but, you know, like I said, when, at that moment, it was just, I wanted to get it out. But uh, it was a monumental moment because from then on, I started planning this trip. And so in the book that you, uh, let's talk about the book first, but the, in the book that was, uh, that your dad gave to you, correct? Um, there was a, uh, rider, a long rider that went from Argentina all the way to New York. Yes, sir. So had like the Calgary to Brazil trip hadn't really ever happened before, technically from, from the, no one's ever ridden that way before. So the first one. Yeah. I'm the first one. Um, but yeah, my dad read me this book. It's called Chifley's Ride. Aim Chifley, 1925, rode from Buenos Aires to New York. And, uh, yeah, I don't know why, but it's just like, I couldn't forget it my entire life. You know, on my little horse on the farm being like, what would it be like to cross Guatemala on a horse? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. What did, uh, how long did it take to, did it take uh, Chifley to go from Buenos Aires to New York? It took him, uh, two years from years. to Buenos Aires to New York. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you were uh, just over two years from Calgary to Bahitos. Yeah, two years and three months, eight hundred and three days. And uh, I don't, I don't even know where to start with this. <laughs> it's just so, it's so wild. And to be, to just like come up here today, like you texted me like a week ago, and I was telling Storm on the way up, we're driving, and we got our dog in the truck, and the dog's kind of freaking out, and <laughs> we're trying to keep everything control. And then you said. Yeah. About 100k south of Nordegg, so I'm mapping it out. There's seven mile creek down the way here. Yeah. That's that's uh, I kind of figured you'd be close to there because that's yeah. 110. Yeah. And then we were looking at the signs we saw on your social. It was like 246. <laughs> Little did I know that's being posted from Brazil. So it's like <laughs> could be not, it's a total crapshoot. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're just like driving along. We talked to a park ranger. Like, hey, have you seen this guy? Yeah. We talked to him. We talked to him. Stopped another camp, and I was like, there's a bunch of horses. And we get stopped, and, I, and we're trying to find your horses based on the Instagram. We're like, okay, uh, I don't see the gray, so this can't be this can't be it. But we're like, That's we might as well go drive in yes, and talk to the folks. And I'm like, I bet you I know somebody in here. So sure enough, we know somebody in the truck, and we uh, go talking. Yeah. No. So, and they said that you were at the Ram Falls yesterday, so we knew about the Ram because we nice. used to camp there as a kid. So, yeah. so we're like, yeah, okay, we'll just keep going north. You got a, a, a motorhome that you're traveling in, so yeah. we... Get up, we're like, okay, we we found it, we we, we see it, it, right? So oh. we found him because we hadn't ta- I hadn't talked in weeks, so it's kind of yes, sir. I don't know. Every time now, you you go to somebody's house, you're like, yeah, I'm here. You text him from outside, right? But this is like, no, we're just gonna drive down the road <laughs> till we see it. That's amazing, man. You went on a journey. <laughs> you guys went on a journey to find us. Not like, even, but like, no, but that's amazing, <laughs> man. Like, you had no something. idea where we were. Like, yeah, I'm on a horse, 
You were literally following like hoof prints <laughs> to find this guy for the interview. Have you ever done that for a podcast? Uh, no, this is the first time. I'm so. making you work. I'm yeah, making you work. Exactly. From the like we did, and we're getting a gorgeous day today now too. Oh, it was raining a bit so ago, beautiful. but it's amazing. Okay, enough of that though. Um, so the trip though, Calgary to Brazil. I, I'm reading your book. Uh, just started it. We just got it the other day, but you start out in Calgary. You get 20 kilometers down the road, and it's 40 degrees out. Yeah. You must have thought you're in over your head when you get in oh. on that first day. 100%, man. I'm like, what am I doing out here? I'm gonna die. Like, I couldn't even like think about packing a lunch or water that was like not in the pack saddle, and um, forgot your breakfast too that day. Yeah, like it was just so much, you know. Like I had to. Uh, I had to be the long rider and the reporter and the PR guy and the camera guy. And oh, like, yeah. You know, like I was doing it all. I was doing interviews and I was saddling the horses and it, I was just way over my head. Like I was a one-person team and there should have been like 20 people there, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was tough, man. That first day, I always tell people, it was like, it was the happiest day of my life because I was taking the first step on a lifelong dream, which I feel like people used to always say to me, like, you're so brave. You know, you're riding through Mexico. You're so brave, like you're in Honduras, it's the most dangerous country in the world, or you're climbing these mountains on a horse by yourself. And I was like, that doesn't exist, you know? Like, to me, bravery didn't exist, but today I realized the bravest thing I did was take the first step, because it holds so many people back from living their dreams. And I was 25 years old, and I was scared out of my mind. Like, I was so afraid, like you just said, way over my head. Uh, but John Wayne's got a great line that uh, goes... Um, Courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyways. Amen. Yeah. And that's what it is. That's all it is. We're all scared. Yeah. John Wayne was scared. You know but what it's, I mean? Like, but you do it anyways. You put it aside, you know? And it's like your quote about, uh, about, uh, oh, what was it now? Oh, I'm drawing a blank. Um, oh, geez. I don't know what the hell, what the hell it is now, but it was a quote about being, about there is no such thing as fear. Yes. Yeah, it's all a monster. Yeah. We make it up in our own head, right? Yeah. Amen. Amen. And I meet so many people today, man, because I do a lot of talks and um, because of my book, because of what I've done. They tell me their dreams and their aspirations, and they never did them because they were scared. Yeah. You know? And we all have that. We all have that. But at some point, you got to realize it's just a monster. you got to quiet, shut it up, and take the first step. Because when you do, the universe conspires in your favor. I found a place to sleep that first night. Yeah. I found a place to sleep that second, third, fourth, hundred, Kept going. 200, 400, yeah. 600, 800, and I got home. Wow. So yeah, but that but now I realize thinking back to that kid, nearly ten years later, they, I was very brave to, to take the first step and go and say, it. you know what, Frenchie's not ready, I'm not ready. Yeah, like I don't know how the hell we're gonna get through this, but I'm going anyways. Like I'm gonna saddle up and ride out of Calgary for sure. What was the? I want to get into the trip now. What was the most memorable part of that first trip? There's a couple stories you have of being on the on the road there, but what was some like? What's your Maybe your fondest and your and your least fond memory from that from that first trip. Uh, my fondest memory. There's a lot. This is tough, but um, like the the one that impacted my journey so much was when I was in Colorado. A man by the name of Peter Lisker uh, stayed at his house, helped me out, you know, tremendously. And before I left, he's like, "Felipe, I gotta ask you something really weird. Um, I don't know how to ask you this, but." And I was like, what is this guy going to ask me, right? He's like, uh, will you take my sister with you on the trip? Really? And I was like, can I see her first? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, and she, he goes, my sister passed away, and uh, she was in love with horses. She was an adventure, and I'd like to ask you to take her ashes with me. And uh, I was like, 
you know, I also believe in, like I said, I feel like things are written. I don't know why I showed up at his house. Like I could have asked for help three houses later, or three ranches back, and I knocked on his door. Um, so he felt like it was destiny, you know, that was that brought me there to take Naomi, his sisters, her ashes, on one last adventure. And I took him, and so many things happened. The worst for me uh, moment was when my horse Frenchie was hit by a truck, and uh, you know. Usually when an animal is hit by a truck they or a car, either they die right away or you got to put them down because they're too heavy and if they break some. Um, and he didn't, he survived. So I felt like Naomi was kind of a garden, garden, garden angel for us, you know. Like it wasn't just a, my destiny to take her on one last ride, but her come with me to protect us. And when I got to Brazil, I spread her ashes in the pasture where I retired the horses and asked her to keep, uh, you know, continue to watch over them forever. Uh, you talked about a couple... Honduras being the most uh, dangerous country in the world. Yeah. Uh, you ran into some, into some serious shit there, really. Oh, yeah. Honduras is crazy. I went in illegally uh, with the help of a drug lord and stayed at his house for several days. Um, everyone armed with, like, AKs and uh, children with pistols. Holy shit. He had his petting zoo in his house. His house was, like, um, had these, like, giant walls in front of it and... And yeah, you know, it was, I saw two people shot dead. I saw, I witnessed a guy trying to kill his wife with five gunshots. It's a very dangerous place. Um, you know, the war on drugs is a very serious thing we live with today. You know, um, a lot of people suffering, a lot of people dying because of it. It's very sad. And to those people, they, uh, they're very poor. You know, this guy grew up uh, in a family where he was hungry most days. And this was his opportunity to grow in life. And around me, he was very kind, very nice, you know, with his children around him. You know, at the same time, it was a huge contradiction because at the same time as this guy is a, a, a cold-hearted killer. I couldn't look in his eyes because, like, your eye has a, a light to it. I'm sure mine does. Most people, yeah. his was, like, matte black. Like, I couldn't look into his eyes. But at the same time that he had this, like, he was a very evil man, he was very kind to his family and very loving to his children and to me. So it was very interesting to me as a journalist to, like, enter his home. And, uh, and all thanks to the horse. The horse is a common language. The horse unifies people. You know, that's what I found throughout this entire journey and uh it, it puts you in the home of even some of the worst people in the world and and he was how did you get connected with him did you ride into his property or how did that happen uh no so i met a um a rancher in guatemala that was very worried about me like every country there was a family that kind of adopted me uh tons of people helped me but for some reason there was always one family that went above and beyond and uh and this family uh they were worried about me going into Honduras, and uh, it was very complicated because of the bureaucracy of Latin America, the corruption. Going legally was almost impossible. And that, and that's because of trying to get paperwork for the horses? Exactly. Or, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so it's very, you know, this day and age that everyone's worried about viruses what we're living right now with this yeah. pandemic with yeah. animals right there's some uh some viruses they have in some countries that aren't in others so they're closing the borders more and more and it's very hard to cross so i was crossing illegally and this family out of guatemala was very worried so uh you know in countries like this you have to be friends with these people otherwise you're eating bullets you know it's very dangerous so uh the owner of this ranch he knew a, a guy that was a uh, drug lord in Guatemala. He put me in touch with him. I didn't know at the time where he was taking me. Like we went to this house with these high walls. They always have high, uh, really high walls around their house, and uh, a little a little door that was metal with like one of those openings where you only see the guy's eyes. Oh wow! And uh, this guy knocks on this metal door, and this, the eye opens, and this guy looks 
through and he goes, he says his name, the doors op opens, we go in and I go into this world and I, I never imagined, he even tell me and he put me in touch with this guy and that guy push, put me in touch with the Honduras drug lord and they gave me kind of a safe passing uh, of the border because had I gone there not knowing anybody, looking so American with my quarter horses and my hat and yeah. my boots, I could have been shot dead, you know, I could have wow. been considered a spy or they don't they just they don't ask questions right so wow for my safety that was the only way to go in is to have those guys know that i was coming through and have them on my side wow what was was that the was that the most uh like the scariest part of the trip or was it other uh other danger perils you ran into along the way um, now thinking back, yes, I was like, man, I'm a nuts. Like it could have gone bad real quick. Like if the, you know, if the military arrives, if another, uh, narco group arrives, you're, you're in the home, you're a part of these people, you know, you're, you're there. Like when that guy was trying to kill his wife, like I was right, literally staying in the house that they owned, like they were right downstairs. Like I could have, I could have been shot. And, um, but there were other, like for me, the worst parts were with the horses, always with the horses. Like when Frenchie got hit by a truck, I had Bruiser fall in a huge hole in New Mexico. Took me nearly two hours to get him out. Um, dude went into a cattle guard. Uh, so all the horses had accidents. Luckily, you know, they all survived. I retired them when I got to Brazil. They're my kids. You know, I love them to death. And, uh, but those moments when, I thought I was close to losing one of my kids. They were always the worst, the worst moments for me because, you know, it just it was like my heart exploded in a million pieces. Talk about the those first. Uh, it ended up ended up being a few different horses that you got to Brazil on, but the first three were uh, it was Frenchie and I'm forget I'm not remembering Frenchie, the Frenchie Bruiser and Dude and Dude yeah. yeah and then you got to the uh, um, the ranch in yeah yes, Copper Spring Ranch yeah. yeah and then and then they gave you a horse to ride to yes, Wyoming. Sir. And then, or through, no, through the Yellowstone, no. right? So I left with Frenchie and Bruiser. Yeah. Uh, Bruiser is from Copper Spring Ranch in yeah. Montana. And Frenchie's from uh, Stan Weaver, who was the past president of the Quarter Horse Association. Yeah. Uh, those two horses were hauled up to Calgary. I rode out of Calgary. When I got to Wyoming, a rancher gave me a third horse by the name of Texas. Texas, yeah. Because yes. you rode there for a week, and that yes, was sir. from one of the guys that helped uh, fund the the journey of it yes sir the initially uh, yeah the owner of the production company that funds the journey yeah he uh he owned the ranch that uh, this guy ran his cattle out of and a really nice guy named Merrill, like a real cowboy yeah and uh, and you, he worked you for a week so oh, yeah. so the horse was kind of partial payment yeah exactly partial payment uh so i get texas and uh, we rode texas french and bruiser all the way to texas uh yeah. the state and I just realized it wasn't it wasn't a trip for Texas. He was a smaller horse, you know. I could see at the end of the day, French and Bruiser had their heads up high, looking around, and you know Texas was in the back, like at the end of the Lee Road, being like, thirty kilometers it. is too much for me. Yeah. So, you know, I wanted to to stick with him. Like obviously, I fell in love with the horse. He was a, a part of the pack, but. I was like, you know what? It's not the trip for him. So um, a friend of mine that I'd met down there, Karen Hardy, an American woman, great woman that helped me out. She put me in touch with uh, the, oh, my God, Taos Pueblo um, indigenous people. Uh, she used to train horses for them, and she had this horse named Dude, a Mustang, and she ended up uh, giving me that horse, and she took Texas. So I continued with Frenchie, Bruiser, and Dude. Okay. Yeah. And then at, at one point you had... Uh what was the Copper Springs horse you rode across Yellowstone? Bruiser. Oh, uh, Daredevil. Daredevil. Yeah, yes. because uh, Daredevil. Because some uh, somebody got 
Uh, yeah, Bruiser stifled. got her first. He was stifled for a while. That was right? Frenchie. Frenchie French hurt stifled. Oh, okay, yeah. Bruiser hurt, got hurt also. Yeah. And yeah, the the folks at Copper Spring Ranch, Brian Anderson, so helpful. Yeah. Let me another horse so I could continue. Brian Anderson rode with me through the yeah. back country of Yellowstone. Yeah. And you guys got in some hairy situations oh, on that. Yeah, man. Like at the journey too. Yeah, we lost our food. It was just terrible. Yeah. Could didn't have water for the horses. Had to trek to almost one a.m. to find yeah. water in a dark forest, like plagued with grizzly bears i am from brazil i have no bear experience in ontario close thing yeah. i have to bear is a raccoon uh <laughs> so like i was literally shitting my pants and, oh wow uh, but we got through it man you always get through it you always push cowboy yeah. up quitting is not an option yeah and uh, the mountain may be big it may be majestic and you may think it's gonna eat you but guess what you're gonna cowboy up and get to the other side uh so you get to uh you go to what was the what was the worst or um most fun part of the states i guess that like crossing the border with the with the horse would have been like that was a sound like a fun story too yes it was awesome i was really worried about that you know like i was like i'm going into the united states with two horses like jesus christ you know like for brazilians it's hard enough to get a visa to go into the united states oh yeah you know you're a bull rider you know it's like you know all those brazilian guys like some of them are like you know champions in brazil and they can't get up to ride in the pbr in the u.s because they won't give them a visa yeah you know it's really tough for us to come up to the u.s and so i was so scared but it was montana you know it's god's country and the folks were so nice they were taking photos of me and and the the pig the even like the officers and the people in line and yeah we got through it and we got in and like i said montana was amazing to ride through and then you got uh so montana wyoming colorado new mexico Texas all the way to Mexico, correct? Yeah, all the way to Mexico. And um, what was your best part in the states, though, or or worst oh, part? Man. Was it uh, the next chapter? I haven't got very far into the book yeah. yet. I'll get finished before we release the show. But your next chapter is Water is Life, and you're in yes, you're in Wyoming, I think. So yeah, there's Wyoming. some pretty dry parts and a lot of windmills yeah, in that part of Wyoming. Oh, Wyoming is dry, is bone dry, and uh, we suffered so much with the water. Like people always say, like, what did you do with feed, or what did you do with this, what did you do with that? No, no, no. What do you do with water? Because you can't carry water in a pack saddle. It's, it's just way too heavy. Pretty easy to not find any when you can only make 20, 30K in a day. 30 kilometers a day in really dry countries. And, like, you know, this changing uh, weather that we're having, no one knows why. You know what I mean? Like, people try to say it's one thing or another. Like, we've had cycles in the world where the Americas are frozen. And then it was really hot, you know. So we don't know what's happening. But we do know the weather's changing. In a lot of countries, it was the worst drought in the last 100 years. or And the U.S. was just that. And it was very tough. Uh, and that was the biggest problem we had was just water. Uh, that was a really hard part of the U.S. But I think the best part about the U.S. was just um, the cowboy culture and staying at ranches and helping a brand and uh, roping. I got to rope at Cody, Wyoming. Yeah, it's a uh, Cody the Night Rodeo. Rodeo capital yeah. of the world, you know. That, to me, as a cowboy, was just a dream come true and i got to meet some pretty epic cowboys that are still living this way of life to today whether they're ranchers or long riders or you know so that was a, a really cool part the u.s too is also so beautiful in terms of geography you know the mountains the forests uh like the places i crossed yellowstone national park colorado like new mexico the 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 sunsets and sunrises and the mesas out there texas like the desert um it was all so beautiful it was a really uh, beautiful country to cross and it took me nearly six months uh so i got to see a real well oh wow and then so next up would have been uh was mexico mexico and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where it starts again to the tequila a yeah. lot of drinking yeah a lot of parties <laughs> a lot of horseback rides yeah a lot of narcotraficantes it got crazy in mexico wow so i'm just 
walk me through it, I guess. What? Where? 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 We did start it, in Nojinaga, the anus of Mexico. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Like, wh- and which town is this? Where did you cross? It's the border. You're you're in Presidio, Texas, first world, and you walk like ten feet, and, and you're in goes, the third world, old son. Oh, wow. Real quick. Holy People shit. like just carrying bags and poverty. Uh, the, there's holes everywhere. You feel danger. Like it's which, real quick. Which part of Texas? Like, are you between Laredo? It's West and, Texas. So West. So you're like. Uh, I'm near uh, Pecos. Okay. Okay. Marfa. Yeah. So like Pecos is uh, that was like that movie Judge Roy Bean. Like, oh that was, yeah, exactly. That was good westerns you watch. Yeah. Like my dad. Like rode Alpine down yes, by Alpine. Yes, right? sir. That's some pretty country too. Oh, it's beautiful. It's real yeah. cowboy country. Like my dad rode with me through northern uh, Mexico. Oh, okay. And every like three words he said was like. I feel like I'm in a John Wayne movie. I'm like, <laughs> Dad, shut up. Oh, uh, wow. But it, that's what it is. Like that's where they fought a lot. They wow. shot a lot of those old westerns, Texas, yeah. Mexico, down northern Mexico, Chihuahua area. Wow. So start off there, and you and you guys are like you're still knocking on doors, and 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 well, there's no doors. It takes us seven days to get to the first town. Really? My dad and I are in the middle of this freaking desert. So you're just camping out and we're like, camping. So where out, you find water in ranches? Where you Some find days water? You don't there? have water. You, you sleep don't. with the horses, no water, tied Holy up. Shit. Some days you find a ranch. You knock on a door. Um, you find people. The f- first little town we got to was a a little village of uh, I don't know how many people. Not many people there, and. Uh, this guy took us in, and just before we went to bed, uh, my dad. That's funny because my dad, when we started riding in Mexico, was like, "Rule number one: we don't sleep with anybody that's dealing with the drugs." <laughs> okay, like you don't go near them, you don't accept help for them, you don't do anything to them. I'm like, okay. First day, we start riding. Twenty kilometers down the road, we get to this little village called La Mula. There's a couple people living there. And this is Chihuahua State. This is Chihuahua State. There's yeah. nothing, right? The first town is seven days away. This is a tiny little gathering of some people that live in the middle of the desert. And this little chubby guy takes us in, and uh, his mom is gone. Like, she's gone on a trip, and he's there by himself. We're in his home, and right before he goes to sleep, he's like, yeah, I was in uh, jail in the U.S. for five years for uh, carrying uh, marijuana across the yeah. border. <laughs> My dad's like, I'm like, what happened to the rule, Dad? Oh, it's yeah. nice and warm inside. This is like in the he's middle not, of winter. He's, he he's not going anywhere. Dad's so, already thrown rule number one out the window at this oh, point. Wow. So yeah. you're already, uh, by this time, you're, you leave Calgary in July, so you're six months down the road. Yeah, this We're is talking January. January, yeah. yeah this is January, January, Mexico. It's cold. Like, we get yeah. snow in Texas. Snow finally. Yeah. I was running away from the snow. My The horse's water started freezing in Colorado. Yeah. And I was hauling ass through the United States because if it snowed, and you're I caught screwed. the winter. I would have to wait yeah. till the following spring. Oh, wow. So finally, when we got to Texas, it snowed on us. And then I just rode the final three days. And, and then we got to Chihuahua, and it was cold. So my dad wasn't going to give away a warm bed oh, no. and some heat to wow. sleep in the middle of the desert at that point. So he threw rule number one right out the window. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So Chihuahua, and then you do you go through Chihuahua City as well? No. Didn't no, go we that are, way? We are east of Chihuahua City. Okay. And we got the first town we got to... Uh, was called Camargo, a small town, and we were very happy to see people, and uh, we were hosted very well by a uh, a rancher as well. And and this is like just somebody you met again. You, you oh didn't yeah, know we beforehand. just meet people on the road. No one yeah. knows who I am. You know, I lo- I knock on a door, or I, you know, they they see me riding down the road, and they stop me and ask where I'm going, and and everyone's been so helpful. That's the best part of the trip. So then from uh, from there, you're gonna get you're gonna get kind of a little tropical there, a little further south, hey? Eh? Yes, like, sir. Then it yeah, kind of gets hot. like. It gets kind of nice again after after getting like flirting with winter. Then it gets nice again. Yeah, but then it gets like real hot. So we cross the the desert. You know, the desert continues south uh, through most of northern Mexico, Zacatecas, uh, Durango, 
And then once we start getting to Mexico City, uh, then from Mexico City south, it gets tropical. But then what happens is you get to like 45 degrees. Too hot. Humidity. The horses yeah. are like trying dragging to breathe. Dragging asses, yeah. Dragging at, like it's so humid they can't and even water breathe. Would, water would probably almost be a trouble again, wouldn't it? Because you got to get the right water's water. Water's a trouble again because you have to drink so much of it because the yeah. horses are sweating so much all day. Like 6 o'clock in the morning brushing your teeth and your shirt is glued to your back. And and what time of the year is this now? Is this like March, April? Uh, so January, I got to, to I cross into Mexico, February, March, April, May, um, July, probably July, which, which oh. is not is which is, is pretty hot down there as well. Kind of the heat of the year yeah. at that point. Got to think the cow saying we should take a beer break. We hired that cow for the commercial break. <laughs> it's good. Cause I have to you need another like one horse. Okay. Yes. I got to pee first. The first thing I met was a fly with the buzz and the sky with no clouds. The heat was hot and the ground was dry, but the air was full of sound. I've been through the desert on a horse with no name. It felt good to be out of the rain. In the desert, you can remember your name, because there ain't no So we're in Mexico, uh, get through Mexico, then you go, uh, then you're in Guatemala, Honduras, uh, Costa Rica. Nicaragua, Costa Rica. Nicaragua, yeah. 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 All, all and that was there. real hot, really hard, like yeah. humid. Really dry, yeah. Yeah, it's just tough, tough, really tough. Uh, the borders were super hard. Got to Panama, had so many bureauc- like bureaucratic problems. You're yeah. going to read about it. Then to get into South America was like the worst fight of my life, you know, like. How uh, long did it take? It took two months. Two months you had to wait yeah. so you can get to the border? Wait, stop. What did you do for two months? Uh, got paperwork and money because oh, it cost wow. me tons of money. And uh, some countries we couldn't go in. Other countries wouldn't accept us. Other kind of, It was a huge mess. We basically You got, can't go around, really. No. And then we got into Peru. And then from Peru, rode to Bolivia. And then from Bolivia, rode into Brazil. We stopped at the Brazilian border for a month doing tests on the horses, oh quarantine. Like, it was really hard. And uh, But anyways... Got in, got into Brazil, rode for three months uh, through Brazil, very hard as well. And uh, we finally got into Bahitos, the largest rodeo in Latin America. Yeah. Um, you know, 30,000, 40,000 people in the stands. Um, it was just, uh, yeah, like I always say, it feels like my spirit was out of my body for a little bit there. Um, I reached another level of, uh, yeah, it was just insane. And it was just a dream come true. You know, it was very hard to take the first step. It was a lifelong dreaming of it. It was very hard and arduous to complete the journey, as you can imagine. So getting there with the horses, um, you know, my family on stage, my grandma, people that have been important to the trip, people that helped me from the U.S., uh, people from Canada. And then these guys, like, unveiled this monument they built of myself and the horses. Oh, cool. uh, For them, like, more than five meters tall. And, yeah, man, it was was spectacular. Like, it was a... A hero's welcome home. Yes, yes, sir. It was insane, like... Like not not even deserved like for me it's just like i don't like it's just insane like i'm very blessed and, oh, and wow. thankful yeah so uh so that was into the first trip and then you go uh 
that was and it was two years. Like you're 800 days on the road. Then 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 what do you do? Then you sit home, sit oh, then sit it's and write the tough. book. Then it's like real a lot tough. more work. Yeah, I wrote the book, but it was a very uh, it was a very hard moment in my life. Like I had symptoms of PTSD. Like I had uh, anxiety, early signs of depression. Like I saw a lot of crazy things out there. You know, we laugh today. We talk about it. Like oh, this guy was trying to kill his wife. Yeah, but I was there. Like I don't know if he was gonna come come kill me next. Oh or yeah, if he had killed her and like, you couldn't do anything. Like yeah, those are things you had like, nothing to protect yourself. Yeah, either. and those are things that stayed with me in my soul for the rest of my life you know what i mean and wow and um and then you and you finish this crazy like trip this dream you spent like uh two years two years north, yeah and then it ends and you're back to normal life and you don't want to talk about what you did my fans would be like every time we went to a bar like oh this is felipe you know he's the guy that rode horse and i don't want to be that guy and I'm that's like, in brazil and this is in brazil or when i bet came back to came canada, back to canada. see my friends and, and came back to to toronto or to, to Bol- eastern bolton, canada yeah. i guess right bolton and uh, so it was a very hard moment for me, and I kind of lost purpose. Like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like, it was yeah. a very um, tempestuous moment in my life. Like, a lot of things fell apart. And uh, until I went to this children's cancer hospital in Bajetos and uh, saw the work they were doing. It's a, it's a hospital that treats the kids for free in my country that has so many problems when it comes to health. Like, people are dying in hospital lines because of a lack of doctors, medicine, equipment. And I saw this, like, state-of-the-art hospital started by a rancher really and uh yeah and uh that treats kids for free and i was like how do i help like I, when i yeah. got out of there i was like what do, what do i do like you know like what do i do what do i do and uh going on google maps and saw that there was seven thousand five hundred kilometers to get to the end of the world uh the southern tip of south america and i said you know what that's where i'm gonna go i'm gonna get back in the saddle and ride there to Ushuaia, argentina raise funds for the hospital you know, talk to people about the importance of an early diagnosis for childhood cancer. Another big problem in Latin America, kids are getting to the hospital way too late. And uh, there's nothing that the doctors can do at that point. So when on that trip, it took me a year and three months, three countries. I used a set of horses for each country and uh, managed to raise 60000 for the hospital and uh, arrived in Ushuaia in a blizzard, minus 16, oh, wow. snow up to the horse's knees and a uh, very arduous trip. Met Clara, my girlfriend on that trip, <laughs> uh, saved my life, uh, taught me how to love again and uh, I was in very bad shape and I'm very thankful to have met her and uh, adopted a dog. Uh, on the way, Butch Cassidy, a street dog, yeah, uh, made a, a friend for life, Totti, a guy that helped me out so much the last six months of the trip, and uh, and then when I got when I was getting to Ushuaia, I said, now I need to finish the Americas, all that stuff. Yeah, the, the whole way, yeah. Calgary. Yeah. So that's where we are now, you know, on this last leg. And uh, and you're you're finishing July third. We're like we said, we're West Rockies, so you got a couple hundred k to go, about two hundred and thirty kilometers yes, back to sir. Calgary. Uh, then you're the, you're the parade marshal, ride ride right into the Calgary Stampede. It'll be a little bit different without, yeah. well, it'll be completely different without <laughs> yeah. the Stampede. But there'll be no one there. But there'll be no one there. But yeah, it'll be a I'll be there. Be a big deal though to to ride into into Calgary here in a couple of weeks. Oh, it's a huge deal. Like we said at the top of this podcast, you know, I feel blessed. It's a huge honor for me, you know, to be on a list with like Pierre Trudeau, William Shatner, Walt Disney. Like these are. Extraordinary people, you oh, know. Oh yeah, and now I'm Chris on that Hatfield, list. astronaut. Yeah, like, like astronaut. Space, yeah, know? yeah. The guy went to space. Like, do you think? Do you think space is more is is about what? Like, you kind of have almost been to space in a different way. Have you been to? Well, here this is a, cr- a, a crazy way. fact. Twelve yeah. people have walked on the moon. Yeah, three guys have crossed the Americas on a horse. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of that's what I was looking for though. There's that. Yeah. There's less people that have done what you've done. Yes, sir. Wow. 
So you get to Calgary. Uh, we're talking like you know two weeks from now, and yeah. and this is thirteen days exactly. Yeah, thirteen check, days from now. I check every day, <laughs> and we get uh, and because you're done after this. This is your last long ride. Like you, you've yep. had enough. What I've had enough. Last long ride. I've said it. That's the name of my yeah. last book. Yes, sir. And what and what's next now? That we we talked about this when I showed up. I asked you like yes, I'm sir. curious. Yeah. Everyone wants what's to know. Next? I know what's yeah. next. It's funny when I got to Brazil. Like the there's a a Brazilian. Um, um, television show it's very famous in brazil and the guy came out to my hometown when i arrived there yeah i'd like carry a saint for like five kilometers in it was insane yeah and went to church and as soon as i'm going in the church with the saint the guy's like felipe what's next i'm like i don't know yet. I, let me like <laughs> let me sleep first like yeah. what's crazy yeah but everyone wants to know right what's next and uh for sure this is my last time riding a horse long distance i've said this before like it's the the physical pain is doable you know what i mean i'm i feel young still i'm 30 years old 33 years old uh but uh, you know the the mental and the spiritual pain are very great you know this has been hard it's been very arduous Every day is an adventure. Like the amount of adrenaline that I'm living out here is like riding a bull. But for eight years, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a long um, time. Yeah, like it's a long time. It's and, a lot of uh, big part of your life. It's a big, yes, like sir. one of the bigger parts of your life so yeah, far. Yeah, it's a decade. It's a decade that I've been doing this project. From my from the point I started planning to when I when I finish when I ride into Calgary, it will have been ten years uh, that I've been working on this. So I'm excited for some change. You know, I want to work on this movie. They're they're uh, turning my first book, Long Ride Home, into a, a movie. So I'm excited to work on that. We've been working on the script and uh and the locations and now we get to start shooting this thing next year hopefully excited to launch my new book uh long ride to the end of the world this year uh at the calgary stampede and uh, work on the on the next few projects that will be i feel like um related to journalism documentary making and this uh western way of life which is had you know is a part of my life to my blood and we can't get away from it you know and tell stories that i feel are important to me and and to this world that i love so much that i'd hope you know, it's not going to end and, and everything right now is pointing towards the end of it. And that breaks my heart because I grew up in it and it, it taught me the big, biggest lessons of my life. I always say the horse has made me a better human being. And uh, were I not a cowboy, I don't know what I would have been or who I would have been. So I'd like to hope that it continues for a long time. And, and I'd like to do that through these projects that I'm working on. Uh, when I uh, got hooked up with you to do this show, I watched... Uh Watched the video where they announced that you were the parade marshal, and and it kind of, like it it really kind of it hit me because it was such a real, real situation, I guess, or like a real story, and you have a real story, and it really it really resonated with what we do and and what we want the stories we want to tell, as kind of like I guess I'm kind of a journalist too. Yes, a little sir. bit, right? Uh, of like, course, 100%. not not professional. I never went to school for it or anything. Nah, but, but whatever. It's not school, man. Yeah, it's, it's this. You know? We want to tell the stories. Yes, so. sir. And the real people and the in the real places. So yes, sir. So, one question we asked every everyone is uh, is what their definition of cowboy shit is. So, <laughs> so for you, uh, I think this could fill up a whole show almost on its own. But <laughs> but take as much time as you want. Let's hear it. No, to me, cowboy cowboy shit is like. Uh, uh, opening the door uh, for whoever's coming out behind you. It's being kind. It's being a steward of the land. It's waking up early and working hard. It's respecting your elders. You know, it's um, treating animals with the most respect that you can and living for them, uh, living for the land. It's everything I learned uh, growing up from men and, men and women that wore cowboy hats and boots and spurs. And and uh, that that's what it is to me. It's a way of life. Um, and I try to live it every day because uh, I love it, and um, I feel like it's a, it's a great way to to live your life. And yeah, I'm just blessed to to have grown up in a family of cowboys. That's all I can say, you know. 
would you suggest this kind of travel to anyone else or is this only for a few folks like this it can't be it can't be i don't know not, not a lot of people can do it can afford to do it have the horses what what would you say that way uh well people like it's funny when my like i was um when I was uh, riding to Brazil, I, I shot six episodes for a big a big uh, a show in Brazil, like the CBC, the National, basically. Everyone watched it every Sunday night, and uh, whenever it came out, there'd be thousands of comments on the stories, and ninety nine percent of them was just that, like, oh, if I was a millionaire, that's what I would do too. Yeah. If I was rich, I'd just travel the world on a horse. But uh, yeah, like I was a, a kid with a dream, man. Like I didn't have a horseshoe to do this. I had two jobs that I used to work, and uh, one of them was uh, busing, you know. Yeah. And um, I was still in my last year of university. I was broke, but uh, I, I learned very quickly that if you have a dream and you want to do something and you're willing to work for it and you're willing to do this strategic planning of it, um, then nothing's holding you back. For, for me, when I hear people saying that to me today, I say, excuse. You don't have the money? Excuse. Yeah. Excuse. Like what? You can't excuse. You know, you you don't have the know-how? Excuse. I didn't have anything. And today, like when I left Calgary, I left from a parking lot eight years yeah. ago. Yeah. Today I'm riding back to Parade Marshall. Like I shouldn't have been <laughs> yeah. here. I'm a Brazilian kid that only went to university thanks to a scholarship. Like it wasn't in the cards for me. You know what I mean? I didn't have the horses. I didn't have the saddles. Today I have a line of saddles. Yeah. Today I have a line of boots, line, line of hats. hats. Like, yeah, everything. I have two monuments raised in my you know my name yeah and uh it didn't come easy but it wasn't handed to me it was a lot of hard work it was a lot of sweat but anyone that wants to do anything whatever it is like when i told people about this they said it was impossible yeah so i can relate to to people that say you know oh, people tell me i can't do it it's like bullshit do you want it <laughs> watch me yeah like do you want it or do you kind of want it that's the yeah thing. i feel like a lot of people kind of want it but if you want it bad enough and you're willing to work for it nothing is impossible oh yeah i totally agree Totally agree. That's what my dad told me whenever I was a kid. I can do anything I want to if I want to bad enough. Yes, sir. Right? That's all it is. Yeah. It's just how hungry are you? Yeah. That's why all these Brazilian guys come up to PBR Yeah, and win, they're hungry. Yeah. Because they're real hungry, <laughs> literally and figuratively. Oh, yeah. And that so, makes a difference, you know? Um, we can wrap it up there, but I, I want to ask, you said you got you had, you were looking for that purpose and everything afterwards. So you got a, a little bit longer here with the movie, with, with getting that done, yep. with another book yep. uh, coming too, but... But what else do you want to accomplish in your lifetime? What's what's the next? Uh, what what does that look like? I guess in the next the next thirty years. I just want to keep traveling. Like I love traveling. I love telling stories of faraway places, faraway cultures. Like I said, I, I studied journalism to try and inspire a more just world. I was born in Brazil, and uh, I know what it's like uh, for people not you know to work in the morning to eat eat lunch and and to work in the afternoon to eat dinner and kids that don't have an opportunity to go to school and uh, it breaks my heart and. Uh, I don't like it, so I'd like to uh, work on projects that kind of try to help with that. And, and like I said, to spread this Western culture and the reality of it. The cool thing about me is that my book is a bestseller in Portuguese and English. So it's not just country folk that are reading my book. It's people in New York or Philadelphia or Sao Paulo or Rio or Paris. And, and I love that. I love to be able to take our Western culture into the homes of doctors and lawyers and these people that, you know, live in the big cities and the major cities. And a lot of time, you know... Um, judge us from afar because they don't know our world and i feel like when they read about it and they find out how much love we have for these animals and and this way of life you know they'll respect it and uh, allow us to continue to celebrate it and live it uh, the way we have for for hundreds of years so that's going to be you know for the next projects always i feel like documentary or yeah you know writing and things like that but i feel like related to the horse and this western culture 
Outstanding. Well, thanks for doing this. Felipe Massetti Leche. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. This was this was totally awesome. I'm glad we got to come out here today and do yeah. this. And I guess we better make ourselves some supper here soon. And yes, sir. We're gonna figure eat it out. Thank so. you so much for bringing right. this cooler for hey, here. Yeah. No worries. And uh, it's a pleasure hanging out <laughs> with you guys for a little bit. Thank awesome. you so much. Well, thank you. Okay, great. Well, we'll see you July 3rd at the Calgary Stampede, your 2020 Parade Marshal, Felipe Massetti Leche. Yahoo! <laughs> told this guy where I was from. He said, oh, Canada. Canada. Kind of laughed it off. She a banger. Man, I really dig Classified. Classified sick. But there's some stuff that he has that's a little aggressive sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, big fan. Big Classified fan. Yeah, he's good. I did throw some in last year when we were in Halifax. Because he's from Halifax, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Do you know what I need to start doing as sound people? Yeah. Is start incorporating TikTok songs into our rotation. Oh, really? Just because, like, pe- people will, like, the younger c- c- generation that is heavy on TikTok will recognize that. And but they can, like, attach to it. Like, I, it'll, yeah, uh, where they, where they fit, though. Where they maybe, fit, yeah. yeah. But, like, that Savage song, like, I've already got a plan with that with Brinson. Like, that's going to that's gonna be one that works for him. The one, uh, like, that's the Carol Baskin Mm-hmm. Like the dance song, isn't it? I learned to dance to that song. Took me four hours. Hey, are you still TikToking? By no, the way? bro. No, bro. I die. I die. Well, it's I, like I I stopped because I've been busier more. Like I've been. I'd rather just go outside. He's and been outside. Bike. He'd rather yeah. go outside than uh, sit around inside for four hours making TikTok. practicing a TikTok. Dance. Yeah, and I mean I do so have a lot fair. of ideas for that's them fair. still. Like, and I probably maybe one day I'll make a few more. But back in at, the fall, expect this, more talks in the fall. At this point. I'm just busy enough <laughs> and doing my own thing that I don't really care to make them. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Like, don't be afraid just to delete that app off your phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, Man, I don't think I don't, I, listen, I don't think folks are missing. I don't it have time. I don't have. I, that's a lie. A lot of people are missing your t- it. Your TikToks were gold. I'm not bashing the ones that. Sounds you made, like you're bashing me, dude. <laughs> I'm just sick. I'm getting vibes like, that you're trying to bash me on my on our on the podcast here. Well, then start doing more dances. <laughs> no, Carol I'm not gonna do them. Killer husband. I was good at that dance. It was it was pretty good. I liked your uh, your hand towel mullet. <laughs> it was pretty solid. Ah, okay. So we're missing the stampede this year. Uh, what are you gonna miss most about the stampede this year? Foldy. What do you got? Uh, I I don't have too much to tell you the truth, other than watching it on TV. <laughs> um, Seeing my pretty face on TV, eh? Yeah, I've seen Wacy's. Wacy no, I've never mustache. been. I've, I've never been there. To the Calgary Stampede? Are you shitting me? Like, like I have, I have been there to watch it, but I haven't been there in like the last four years. Oh, really? My, uh, yeah. My thing is, uh, I told Nikki that I'm not going until like you got I bulls get, there. Uh, oh, yeah, until one of I those people. There. That's what I said yeah, about so, somewhere too, but then like, I changed my mind. Yeah, I don't have time for that. Life's too short. No, but that, that that's that's the thing though. You know what I mean? Like, I want to make it so like the next time I go there, it's like a huge deal for me. That's fair. That's allowed. That's legit. That's legit. Because that's that's the only event I haven't done in Canada. That like Damn. is on my to do list. list yeah. Right. Damn, fair boy. Enough. 
Wacy, what are you missing most this year? I'm gonna miss the vibes around Calgary. The vibes around Calgary, yeah. It is, it is so cool. It's not gonna be the same. It's so cool how like this a city of like over a million people mm-hmm. can just buy into something for ten days and like the, basically the whole city like shuts down air quotes for kind it. of yeah. And everybody's like out having stampede parties at the rodeo. Like yeah. so it's so it's I think it's so cool how that people buy into that and all the people that come in to see Calgary and well and how about how about the thing with Felipe like for him to ride and like and having having ridden. All this way across North America, South America, Central America, isn't it? Isn't that kind of fucking amazing to do that? Like, mm-hmm. to just do it, do it right. Like he's dedicated ten years of his life to doing this, and he has books, and there's a movie in the works, and like he's already on his working on his third book, and he's like thirty three. Good for him. That's like it's uh, it's crazy. impressive. It's kind of in, it's it was inspiring to me to read his book and just think about you know getting rid of everything and like he doesn't have a house he doesn't have a car he's got nothing he's he's got some horses that he gets to ride for a while that are only don't even end up being his and i, I don't i don't know just it's it's wild mm-hmm. but yeah okay so for, stampede for me yeah that's easily gonna be what i miss the most is the city the feeling of the feeling in the city in calgary yeah, it's so fun yeah. especially now that i'm living downtown like it's just it's fun for me it's got to be like probably it's got to be playing the music during the chuck wayne race that's such a big big event I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss that one. Like that that week, there's there's been a few that I've missed so far, but that'll be a big one. So we're gonna have to really keep ourselves busy that weekend to try and. We're not gonna be, be at sad. the lake. Yeah, doing lake stuff. I'm gonna be sending Maybe. my mountain bike down a fucking mountain. We're gonna go to Kelowna go. too the next week after that, and then mm-hmm. what else do we got? Yeah, we're gonna be doing some stuff. But uh, what else? So actually, uh, in the last since the last show, I think we might have put it out. Uh, yeah, we yeah. put it out the week that that uh, I was at Foley's house, but I actually got to see, I we had been at Foley's house before, but we hadn't been to the ranch. So we actually saw where the, all the bulls hang out. Where Ranch manager John got to see ranch manager John. Yeah, he was fixing a tractor, and, and I was there. So so I was there, helped you. Uh, I, I put out a couple buckets of feed into the into the troughs, all the all the bovines. It was it was the same day that you, well, it was the same day that you took them to the, to like on the last show when you took them to, to the JO factory, yeah, to the JO factory. <laughs> so it was the yeah, same, yeah, the old, the old Robin tub, the old Robin tub. So it was the same, <laughs> it was the same day, actually. I didn't, I didn't even really know because I don't, I don't watch the social media as much as some, you gotta folks. call it a massage parlor, <laughs> the, the massage parlor. <laughs> so really it was the going. same day, so the boys were all pretty tired, they weren't too, too aggressive that day, but. But then uh, Sean came by too, not long after, like about a week later, and you guys got stuck in the old uh, gator. Yeah, yeah, we took the took Sean on the tour too. It was uh, he was down here for um, something something with his wife or whatever. So he gave me a shout, and he was supposed to come in the morning. We were bucking bulls for a f- video fraternity, and then he showed up kind of late, which is typical Morton fashion. And then <laughs> uh, and then we went out, took him for a tour, kind of showed him where the cows were, and, you know, my setup and stuff like that. It's not. Uh, it's nothing to write home about, but uh, he came out and kind of seen everything, and then we got stuck in the side by side, and then uh, we had to get John to drive the bobcat out into the field to pull us out. <laughs> you must have buried and, that thing, man. It, it's the same trail I take every day to feed bolts. I thought so, we were gonna get stuck know. the time that I was there. Like it kind of. Yeah, we went kinda, through it, me and you. Yeah, but then, but then he got he got wrecked. Yeah, yeah, we and then I got my dad's shoes dirty. Oh, you got some like New Balances we, or what? Of the Nikes, some white white Asics. Atta boy. Dad oh yeah, I got comfort right, comfort over uh, style. 
It's true. So yeah, no, it, it was it was good though. It was cool seeing Sean and and talking to him. It, a person doesn't really, uh, I guess, you do notice, but you know what I mean. I talk to contractors a few times a week, but it's guys like you know you, Ted, and Sean, and um, the other me? people behind the scenes. Who said you? Wacy, the guys that crack gates. You or you? No, it was you the way you. he said it. It was like it's guys like you, Ted. Like, no, no. Yeah, the no, way you said that's you. It was you, and it was a comp. No, it was not. He said he was talking to you, so he met, no, said you it. with Wacy. Hey, that's the way you I heard it. That's the way I heard it, man. Well, maybe you should hear it differently. <laughs> no, so you don't take offense. I, I'm offended. He definitely included you. Well, Anyways. it's just the guys that you see every weekend. Wacy, I don't see you every weekend. I know because I don't want. That's like, by that's by that's on purpose, bro. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. Just let me grab my feelings. I'm just kidding, bro. But yeah, no, it it uh, you don't get to see everybody, so it's cool seeing everybody talking, catching up, and well, kind of just adds like some normalcy back into life, hey? It it does, yeah, man. Yeah. It, man, this summer just feels like I got nothing but no time, but I should have lots of time. But it's like we're catching up on things from the past five years that you haven't. You never done. got to do, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. one thing. That's one like, thing I really enjoyed too. It's like doing new stuff. Eh? Yeah, this is like the first summer in my life, or in the last since I. The first summer since I've been 14 that I haven't been like rodeoing for the most of it. And it's been awesome. I was freaking loving it. Well, yeah, I, I haven't swam in a lake in four years. And on Tuesday, we're going to Christina Lake in BC. Sick. And as soon as, as soon as I get there, I'm running like Swan Baywatch. Dive. No, no, I'm bay watching it. Like I'm gonna grab some kid's noodle on the beach and just slow motion run into the water. Oh dear. Are, are you a good swimmer? Uh, God, I, am I Michael Phelps? No. <laughs> but am I gonna? You know, can I can I swim to the shore? Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm. I can't remember. I, we did swim lessons in school, and I like I want to say I got past the turtle, whatever that is. I made it to level five of swimming lessons, and I hung her up. I was bad at swimming. Ted, I hated it. I was gonna say, Dad, you don't look like a big swimmer. No, not yet. You were, you're correct. I fucking hated swimming. Have you guys tried the surfing behind boats, wake surfing? Yeah, yeah I do have that. done that. I loved it. I it wanna, was, it was very good. I want to try that so bad. Yeah, we're gonna do that. When are you going? When the... are you going? Uh, we're Tuesday. Going to... Oh, the Tuesday. Sick. Tuesday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, my sponsors, uh, Tribit, so Luke and Al, they have, uh, and actually ProStar, uh, Terry Bandura, they have, uh, they all have lots down there, so we're going to go down, and this is something I've never been able to do, so that's pretty cool about this summer. Hell yeah, that's sweet. We're going to go down and do some surfing behind their boats and just hang out. Man, I, Lake Life is the best. We're it, uh, it I'm looking forward to Lake Life, too, because I haven't done it in years either, yeah. so... Yeah. I'm pumped. Okay, boys. What's uh, one last thing to wrap it up? We got anything else or are we just going to call it? I got nothing. I'm looking forward to golfing some more, seeing some friends. Um, I'm, yeah. We're going to have some events later on in the year too, I'm sh- th- sh- thinking. So we'll be back soon enough and, you know, enjoy it till then and sell some boots and just keep living. I'm just going to keep riding my back. There you go. Ride your bike. Thanks. <laughs> You're a big biker. Hey, Wacy, I got one thing, Wacy. Yo, 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 yo. Yo. Because... Calgary Stampede is canceled this year. Oh God, this might go bad. Do you do you take your Daisy Dukes that you were gonna wear this year 
and wear them next year, or do you just scrap them and then get a new pair for next? You're year? not to scrap them and get a new pair because it might be new like fashion trends come along, right? It's true. Yeah. Okay. That, well, that's that's what I figure. I was just wondering because that's I know that's a huge thing. You know what I mean? It's kind of, Western. <laughs> it's man. It's, just, your, it's Western fashion. George fashion. Western it's fashion. You're scrapping. You're, are you going to wear this year's at all, or are you just, they're just well, done? I might, because... to the lake. Maybe on his back, maybe, maybe. Uh, Actually, I'm considering getting a couple pairs of jorts, not going to lie. I, I might just cut some pants off, make them jorts. No, because, no, because, <laughs> no, just get regular jorts. <laughs> I got lots of jeans here. I can just hack some, hack them off. They'll be real baggy. Up, up on the knee. They'll be super baggy. Not if I wear the slim straights. Yeah. Get them on my thighs. You should, you... <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you're. You got that Wrangler deal, so that'd be good. Right, I got heaps of jeans here. I got brand new ones. I can is, just get hemmed. Is it weird that Wrangler hasn't moved into some jorts? Maybe they probably will. They probably should. It's kind of a miss by them, you'd think. Well, they had they, they did have Jort Center on the Wrangler network. It was Jort Center. It was like dad for in the dad week. It was pretty good. <laughs> Jort Center. Yeah, instead of Sports Center, it was I, Jort Center. Yeah, <laughs> sports I, desk. I like that. It's yeah. sports in a hey, desk. Do you do you think that Wrangler like compared to other Western um, clothing, do you think that they're like a little bit behind or are they like great with everybody? No, they just have some of the core stuff that some of the, that everybody wears. It's tough to like, it's tough to cater to everyone, but they've, they kind of have, I think they would they be right up with everybody. Like yeah, they, they do right come there. up with new stuff every year oh, and yeah. they have moved into more of like they have a lot the of non-traditional stuff. stuff too. Yeah. It's There's, more like a fashion stuff. They have more stuff they don't even realize. Like yeah. They have like, they have activewear now. Like they have like hiking stuff that you might not have even seen yet. They, they could be in like almost any store. Like hard press that store in yeah. Saskatoon. That yeah. They sell like Wranglers. Like the fashion Wrangler yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. We got to roll guys, but thanks for, thanks for being on the show. Mr. James Foley, the Wacy Anderson, our editor, Sean Morton, our guest, Felipe Mercedes Leche. It was such a cool show. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We're gonna miss the Calgary Stampede this year, but uh, but uh, I've got one more song actually here. I gotta find it. Hold on, hold on. Yahoo! <laughs> That's one thing I'm not gonna miss with the Stampede. Do you think Calgary puts those signs up just to remind everybody? Probably. What song is this? Yahoo! <laughs> Little Hobo. If that's not Canadian, I don't know what is. I'm gonna settle down until tomorrow. I'll just keep moving on down this road that never seems to end.